When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 423 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is July 5th, 2023. <coughs> wow, good start. Wow, already coughing, huh? Uh, the Padres, they just swept the Angels. I think it's the first sweep of the season for the Padres, first three-game sweep of the season for our Friars, so that's good. Now, they're still five games under 500, but they're not six, right? They're not seven, which is what it has been after series, you know, when they lose a series and okay, maybe they split the first two games, but then they drop the series finale and they go right back to where they were. But no, a sweep, obviously, it feels like there's significant progress there, but you still realize, yeah, five games under 500. You look at the last place wildcard team, they're comfortably at the moment, above 500. So there's still a lot of room to be made up here. There's still a lot of things that have to happen for the Padres. They got to keep playing good baseball. But I think you got to be happy from this series. You know, they got a sweep. And they had Shohei Otani come into town. They had Mike Trout come into town, at least at the beginning of the series. And they took that first game. They took that first game big, by the way, winning 10-3. And then yesterday on July 4th, they win that one. It was big. Let's, it was big. Jose Castillo, yeah, he stunk at the end, made it a closer game. But they did win big in that game as well. And today was not as pretty of a win. But, hey, they still got the job done. And can we give some props to Josh Hader? I guess we should give props to Ruben Niebla because jo- – for because. Niebla was the one that went and talked to Josh Hader, according to Bob Melvin, to get Hader, tried to convince him and ended up convincing him to be able to be available today and pitch for the third consecutive day today. So props to Ruben Niebla and Josh Hader for getting out there. Hey, you know, you're making millions of dollars and you uh, finally get to pitch three days in a row. You finally are okay pitching three days in a row. I think, like I said, I'm a really quick post-game reaction. Sorry for anyone that saw that. It was a quick post-game video because I was on the bridge there walking across to the Hilton over there um, and after the game. And there were probably a lot of fans there that didn't want to hear me talk about the Padres for five minutes, so just made it quick, and I knew I was going to be doing a show anyway. So, But on the post-game reaction, uh, just talking about how, like, the urgency, it, it definitely was felt, at least by me sitting at Petco today, because if they weren't urgent, do you think Ruben Niebla would have had to convince or 
at least even tried to convince Josh Hader to pitch for the third day in a row? No, they would have just said, no, Josh, you're good, you're down. But the way the bullpen's going, you see the record, you have an opportunity to sweep, like, you got to get these games, right? You can't have you can't have too many more series. It feels like where you ha- you take a step forward, but then you take two steps back. You got to take the step forward, then take another step forward, and keep going and keep going. And that's what we saw from the Padres in this series. Again, today I don't think it was the the uh, prettiest win, but they got the job done. Uh, Manny Machado broke the Petco Park home run record. It was Will Myers, at least the Padres home run record. But then today he actually broke Adrian Gonzalez's record as well. Uh, so good for him. His second RBI, I forget if it was second hit of the night, but his second RBI to right, that was not hit very hard, but it still got the job done. Xander Bogarts drove in a run, right, with the, the weak ground ball to the right side. Bases loaded in that spot, I believe. It doesn't matter. It wasn't hit hard. Who cares? Got the job done. Whatever it takes, just win ball games. That's what all Padres fans want right now with the way the season has happened and where the record is, where they stand. Just win. What's the rate? Is that the Raiders that say just win, baby? Just win. You know, like who cares how it happens? Just get that final score in your favor. Like that's that's what we care about. So. It was good to see the sweep. Uh, and by the way, a takeaway here that, you know, as I was uh, sitting in the car going home, um, looking at Shohei Otani in this series, obviously, because best player on the planet, best player I've ever seen, just or most talented player for sure I've ever watched. And he ended up going 0 for 10 in this series against Padres pitching. So got to give props to the starting pitching. Who was, who was it in this series? Snell, Musgrove, and Lugo, right? Props to them. Props to the bullpen. Tom Cosgrove, like, owned Shohei Otani. He made Shohei look foolish the other day, striking him out. And then he had a swing and a miss when he faced him today, and then he got him to pop up, I believe. Uh, and people on Twitter, oh, my gosh, can they take a joke? Jeez. I said pretty much what I said on Twitter a few moments ago was Shohei Otani went 0 for 10. The Padres held Shohei Otani hitless or whatever in this series. Let me see what I actually said. Okay. Shohei Otani versus the Padres in this series. 0 for 10. And then I put a gif of overrated on there. As a joke. Obviously. Anyone that knows me or anyone that has you know seen me talk about Shohei on the Baseball Struck YouTube channel. Or I probably said it here on Talking Friars. They know that I know that Shohei is really good. He's the best player I've ever seen. Like, this guy is an out-of-this-world talent. And there's people that are like, well, you know, there's five bookmarks on it, and that's what's in 2.0. Delete this. L take. You just cursed us again. Oh, my gosh. Take a joke. The Padres held them hitless, and I just said overrated. I'm joking. Clearly, I'm joking. I have to be an idiot if I actually thought this guy was overrated. He's not. I watch a ton of his games. Okay, this guy is tremendous. He's like the ace of the angels, and going into the series, he was hitting over 300, 
leads Major League Baseball in home runs. This guy's amazing. So I'm not actually meaning it when I say he's overrated, all right? Like, take a joke, Twitter. And by the way, I don't know if Twitter's, like, going to burn or whatever. I have no idea what's happening there. But I did start a, what is it called? Thread? Threads? I think the new app that's associated with Instagram. But it's pretty much Twitter. Just another version of it that's free. Um, and you can do whatever, I guess, on there. I That's connected with my Instagram. So just talking friars. It's the same thing. I don't know if I'm going to tweet. Or I don't know if it's called. Am I going to thread on there? Is that what we say now? I don't know if I'm going to write stuff on there consistently. If I do, it'll probably just be the stuff that I have on Twitter anyway. So once Twitter falls apart, then I'll just move everything there, I guess. Uh, but I just set that up just in case something happens. Because I saw that app was, I guess, created today. And there's a bumpy, bunch of people jumping over there. I don't know if what's happening with Twitter, but whatever. Uh, if If it burns to the ground, then you can see me over there on threads or whatever that app's called. I'm, I'm still obviously going to be on Instagram, still doing this on YouTube. Uh, let's see what some people in the comments think about this series. Like, do you think this is the turning point? I see Devin here. Yeah. Is this the turning point? I'm not going to say that because I think we do have to realize like, yeah, this was great. It was a sweep. We do have to realize that this Angels team was compromised. Mike Trout getting hurt, right? Shohei Otani. I don't know if he was at full strength on the mound the other day. Now, still, it's great that the Padres played well off of him uh, offensively. Jake Cronenworth won a heck of a game. Xander Bogarts had a heck of a game. Like, that's great. But he did deal with that blister. He had the cracked fingernail, I think, right from the last start before this Padres start. So you got to take that into account. Anthony Rendon, I know he hasn't been the 2019 Anthony Rendon, but he went down the other day as well. They all, Going into this series, they were dealing with some injuries. G. Urshela, Brandon Drury, former Padre, although it was for a short time, obviously, they were dealing with some injuries. So it was not a full-strength Angels team. And even if it was full-strength, the Angels are not like the best team in baseball. So, and I know the Padres have to play their schedule. So again, congratulations to them. Like, yeah, they swept. They swept the Angels. That's great. You know, they did their job. But it's not like it's the best team in baseball. And I don't want to say it's a turning point until they're like over 500 and they're winning like every series that they play. And it's like, well, they don't have to win every series, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it's clear that this team is turning it around. Then I can sit here and say, well, remember that July 4th game or remember just the series against the Angels when Shoei came in, went hitless, Padres played pretty dang well against the Angels. Maybe we should point to the Red Series because they did battle more in the Red Series. But then, you know, once let's say it's after the All-Star break, they come back home after the long road trip. They played well on that road trip. They play well at home. Then we can sit there. They'll probably be over 500. Then I can sit there and say, all right, this team did turn around. Look back at that July 4th game or, that, you know, that series against the Angels. Then I can say it's the turning point. But for now, I'm not going to say that it was the turning point. If you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, just like I do with Devin there, use that super chat button uh, that separates it in a totally different category and it guarantees that I get to your question or your comment. You can steer the show in a different direction if you want to. Um, just a reminder real quick, 
for SeatGeek, you can use my code TALKINGFRIERS, $20 off of your order there. Click the link in the description as well, Breaking Tea, BreakingTea.com, Great San Diego Sports Swag, Aztecs, Wave, Padres. Uh, Devin says, first time they swept the Angels since 1999. Did not know that. Well, they, they don't play each other very much, so they will now. But, uh, yeah, don't didn't play each other very much, you know, going into today or going into this year. So that's not super surprising. It's hard to sweep any baseball team, even the bad baseball teams. Like sometimes it's going to be their night. I think the A's won like 12 to whatever they, they smacked. Now Detroit's not good, but they smacked a team tonight. So like, you know, in baseball, especially in baseball, it, it can be hard to sweep a team. It doesn't matter if it's a minor league team. It can be hard to sweep them. Uh, but getting to some more stuff today. So, you know, Padres, they get that first run in the bottom of the first. You know, they I think it was bases loaded. I don't know what Patrick Sandoval was doing. He gifted the Padres a run there. Tatis is on third. There's two outs. Bases loaded. Soto's on second. There's nowhere for Soto to go. It's bases loaded, two outs. And he tries to pick off Soto at second base instead of just getting the, the guy that's at the plate. Run scores, throws it in the outfield. Thank you very much, Patrick. For that run, uh, Angels, they came back fielding air by Tatish, but you're not going to freak out about that because you don't see that very op, uh, very often from Nando. So whatever. Now in the third, Joe Adele, Joe Adele had the double down the line. He, re, he replaced Trout, I believe, on the roster when Trout got hurt. Obviously the broken hammock bone. Um, and so he's going to be out for weeks, probably till August. So that's a big blow for the Angels. And that might be the difference. In, them making and missing the playoffs, which sucks because uh, this was, you know, probably their last year with Otani. And you just want to see those guys in the postseason. I'd love to see that. That's a must watch. But I I, I would probably bet that that's not going to happen this year. But getting back to today's game. So Odell, I mean, he has a ball. It hits third base. So lucky. It didn't just hit third base and pop up right to Manny. It hit third base and went the opposite direction went right down the line and that scored the run, made it two one angels. Now Manny comes back singles to right, makes it two, two balls, not hit very hard. Um, and by the way, I got these totally mixed up the Manny or did I? Yeah, I think I got these mixed up. The Manny single to right. That was before the home run earlier. I said that was his second run driven. And that was not, that was his first hit that made it two, two. Then Manny had the home run, made it 3-2 in the sixth. It was good to see Manny go yard there. I mean, we know that this year Manny has struggled, and it has not been the 2022 Manny Machado that we have seen. It's kind of like Crony and Bogey. Like, if they can get going, then you're going to have Padres fans start to believe in this team more. If they don't get going, then we're just going to be sitting here saying, well, all right, that was a good night, but... They're probably not going to do that again tomorrow. They're probably, that was a good couple nights. They're probably not going to keep doing that because those big guys aren't performing. Can you rely on the bottom of the lineup to perform consistently? And that's, you know, there, there's been times where the Padres have seen themselves relying on some guys there down at the bottom or guys that aren't the star players because some of the star players have not been doing good. They have not been performing up to their level, right? Uh, but 12th home run of the year, just 12. 
for Manny so far this year. Made it 3-2, broke the Petco Park home run record. Who do you think is going to end up with the Petco Park home run record by 2024? When's their contract up? 2033? Those guys' contracts? Is it going to be Bogarts? I'd say no. Manny has the head start. Is it going to be Tatis or is it going to be Machado? I would think it would be Tatis because he's younger, feels like as Manny ages, he's not going to be as much of a home run hitter. And we know Nando has that power, but Manny does have the head start on him. I don't know how many home runs specifically Nando has at Petco so far, but I would I would give Nando the edge. Although Manny, obviously, he's already out to a big head start because um, he has the Petco Park record already, obviously. But I think Nando, he can get, he can pass Manny. Uh, in the seventh, Nick Martinez comes into the game. Obviously, after the Padres, they just get the lead back and gives up the home run to Matt Tice. It, it feels like Nick, is it him? It's him and probably Honeywell, right? Where it just feels like there's a, it's a bunch of meatballs that they're giving up right now. Just, Looks like a beach ball coming out of their hand. And I love Nick, and I think he's a very valuable piece to this team, but it's clear that he just doesn't have it right now. But with the way that other guys in this bullpen are pitching, Bob Melvin has to keep going back to him. And I think Bob really trusts him, and he believes in Nick, so he's going to keep going back to him. But Nick just he just doesn't have it right now. I think the All-Star break can't come soon, soon enough for him. It can't come soon, soon enough for like this entire bullpen. Kevin Acey wrote in his Padres Daily Newsletter this morning that the Padres have given up three runs in the bullpen for nine consecutive games. How many runs to the bullpen? They gave up three runs again today, right? Or no, no, no. Lugo pitched the sixth, right? I want to say. So they gave up two runs. So they ended that streak, that terrible streak today so good for them i guess gave up a couple runs um but yeah it was good that the padres offense that they added on here right because if they didn't and let's say you know manny has that single there in the third inning and it's 2-2 and they can't scratch across another run or let's say manny has the home run it's 3-2 they don't score any any more runs after that we could still be playing because it would be 3-3 in that, in that situation if that were to happen. So adding on has been huge for this Padres offense. It was huge, what was it, yesterday? Because there was that big seven-run lead, but then it ended up being only a, what, three-run lead at the end of things? Three-run win? There's been games where it's like, oof, good thing they added on here because this bullpen has not done themselves any favors, or, you know? And then Josh Hader, obviously late. So Bogarts in the seventh, ground ball to the right side, gets the job done. Great. Manny walks with the bases loaded. Uh, some interesting decisions there by the Angels. A lot of intentional walks that didn't seem like they worked out great for them. Uh, but yeah, Manny walks, makes it 5-3, adds on an extra run, an insurance run there. And then Josh Hader comes in in the ninth inning after pitching in the first game. Uh, which, if you look back at it, Bob Melvin probably didn't want Josh to pitch in that game, but you don't know what's going to happen the rest of the series. And in the first game of the series, he, uh, yes, they wanted to get the win, but they they needed like Josh to get some work, and they were pitch, pitching Josh in game one. <coughs> Excuse me. 
They were pitching Josh in game one because they wanted to get some other guys some rest so that they could pitch the next day. And so Josh pitches in a blowout. He then pitches the next day because they need him to. And then today, going into the game, I was listening to Bob Melvin pregame, and it was like, yeah, he's not going to be available. I don't even think Bob thought he was going to be available. But I guess I was looking at uh, Marty Caswell, uh, her Twitter tonight, going home, and she tweeted out that, yeah, Ruben Diabla, according to Bob Melvin, Ruben was the one that talked to Josh and essentially convinced him to be ready to go and to, to, to pitch today. And it's like, hmm, what a concept. Josh Hader being willing to pitch three days in a row? Should Ruben have went to Josh earlier? Because remember, there have been some games earlier in the year. I think of Colorado. I think of San Francisco, where Josh, if he would have pitched three days in a row, maybe the Padres win those games. The Padres bullpen ended up blowing it late, in part probably because Josh could not pitch in those games. So I wish this would have been done earlier, but it's also earlier in the year, and so Josh maybe would have said no to Ruben even if Ruben would have tried to convince him. But the Padres, it's later in the, a little bit later in the year, and look at where they where there are in the standings. I don't think Josh wants to waste this year of his career and not be in a in a in postseason position, right? So he is going to pitch here. He sees that they're well under 500. Let's get this sweep if we can. So I'll give props to Josh for doing this. I just wish that he would have obviously done it earlier. Um, but obviously can't change the past. So it was it was a it was a solid team win. You know, offensively wasn't the prettiest, but there were some good moments. And then pitching wise, Seth Lugo tonight, I thought he pitched pretty well. And some of the runs that he gave up, I, I mean, come on. The Angels got really lucky. Lugo ends up he gave one earned run, two runs total. Uh, one of the runs, obviously, Nando had the air, and then there was that ball from Adele that hit the bag and took, obviously, the bad bounce off the bag. But Lugo tonight, six innings of work, one earned run, just walked one guy, punched out six. So on Underdog Fantasy, I had higher on the outs, which I believe was 17 and a half. So was he going to go six innings, essentially? I thought he was going to. He ends up going just exactly six innings. Nick comes in, does give up a home run, uh, but Cosgrove comes in, doesn't give up any runs there in the eighth, and then Hayter, he gets his 20th save of the year, and we'll see uh, if he, we'll see, we'll see if he pitches three games in a row against the Mets. I highly doubt that, but they do have the off day, so that is able to reset the bullpen tomorrow on Thursday before welcoming in another struggling team, another underperforming team, looking at the total package of the season in the New York Mets. Um, I wanted to talk about the first two games of this series here. Kind of out of order, but I want to talk about the July 4th game last because that was amazing. We'll get to the first game of this series here right now. Padres won at 10-3 on Monday. Uh, there was, I mean, it was a good game from Bogarts. It was a good game from Crony. Both of them, I thought, had some pretty, they had a good series overall. And they had really good games in the first two games of this series. Bogarts had that home run, got the Padres on the board early to lead off this series. 3-0 lead there in the first inning. 
Crony had a single. That brought in uh, Xander to make it 4-0. Angel scored a couple runs. But then in the six, Manny, again, adding on, right? That was huge because it ended up being a blowout game. But it was not a blowout after Trout had that single, made it 4-2. And then, but the, the uh, Padres offense was able to score five runs combined in the sixth and in the seventh inning to blow it open. Manny with the single makes it 5-2. Coney sack fly makes it, makes it 6-2. Um, Angels did have a home run, Renjifo in the seventh. But Tatis with the triple. That was his first triple this season, which is surprising, obviously, because of his speed. But it feels like most of the time he either hits it over the fence or he hits it off the wall, just hits it too hard, and it ends up being a double. Or sometimes it's like he hits it hard and it's a single, but he stretches it into a double. But there's not a whole lot of opportunities for him to stretch the double into a triple. You know, whenever he does double, sometimes it's down the left field line. You're not going to stretch that into a triple or try to. Because it's in left field. It's not like the ball's down the right field line, right? And it would be a longer throw. Uh, but yeah, so Tatis with the triple there. He was dancing. He was feeling good. P- whole Padres offense essentially was feeling good there. 8-3 there. Crony had a single, made it 9-3. Tatis with another RBI single to right center. Makes it 10-3. Blew it open. Obviously, Josh at the end there, like I mentioned earlier. He ends up pitching. Uh, in this game, just because the Padres, they wanted to have some other relievers available for game two of this series uh, because they didn't have the off day between the Reds and this Angels series. So that was big there, but Josh ended up pitching all three games in the series. Uh, Blake Snell, man, what a freaking start he had and what a stretch of time Blake has had. He ends up winning the June Pitcher of the Month award and then he shoves against the Angels Sure, he gave up seven hits, so I I shouldn't say he absolutely shoved, but he still did not give up any runs. Yeah, he walked four, but he punched out seven. He was able to get out of the jams when he needed to. He allowed base runners, it felt like, in every inning. It may have been in every inning, uh, just watching that game. There was a lot of traffic, but he was able to get out of it. Uh, He was really good. Results-wise, again, looking at the results, runs. Now, innings, you probably want a little bit more from him, but the bullpen was able to cover it. Tapia, Cosgrove, Hill, Martinez pitched an inning and a third, and then Hayter comes in for the ninth. But yeah, Blake, I think, you know, if we're being honest, some Padres fans, like, we're continuing to think, well, Blake's going to get a whole lot back at the trade deadline. but. I think this series had to convince Peter that, yeah, he's not going to sell, right? The way that they played, the crowd, obviously, especially yesterday's game on July 4th. Like, I I assume Peter was in the ballpark. That had to be like, because he's already optimistic going into this series. And then he sees the Padres sweep this team. And he's like, all right, this is the real Padres. And he's probably like, yeah. I'm going to keep believing in this team. So maybe some Padres fans are like, yeah, shouldn't, don't think that, Peter. Don't get swayed just because they swept the Angels here. Don't get swayed. Look at the big sample size going into this series. Look at how they've done with runners in scoring position and the offense underwhelming and the bullpen now. Like, 
it's not our year. Just go sell. It's better. We're going to be in a better spot for 2024. But we know Peter. He's optimistic, glass half full guy. And I love that about him. I think with AJ, maybe a little bit too much. You know, AJ is excellence. Don't know if he had to go that far. Uh, but yeah, I, I was sitting there like, maybe it might be still best to sell Blake Snell and Josh Hader because I don't think they're coming back. But if this team's going to play like this, then no, they're not going to sell. And I don't want to, like, I'm not totally giving up on this season. I just don't think that we should totally get carried away with the Padres sweeping a injury-riddled Angels team. I don't want to get carried away with that. And I want to realize, like, okay, so they swept them. Great. What's their record? Well, five games under 500. Where are they in the division? Oh, well, they're fourth place in the National League West. Where are they in the National League wild card? Well, there's a few teams they have to jump over just to get to the third wild card spot. And the third wild card team is over 500. You know what? What five or six games? Maybe more than that. Over 500. I just don't want to get carried away. Like good series, great. They swept a team finally. That's amazing. But I still got to be a realist. You know, Peter. He's it's his franchise. He can do what he wants. And he, he he definitely does not want to sell, and that's what his mindset is right now is he's not going to sell. But hopefully, again, this is if, you know, the Padres, they don't play like this the rest of the month. They play like they played most of the season, and they, they underwhelm offensively. They don't get the job done when they probably should. Um, the talent doesn't just doesn't fully show itself. Um, if they keep playing like that, and not how they played this series, hopefully he does what's best, or AJ does what's best for the organization and not just be like, well, we're already all in. Let's just, you know, keep going all in on the season and, and be like, well, who cares about twenty improving our chances for 2024? We might get into the postseason this year. We're going to try. So we're going to go buy. We're going to get rentals. We're not trading away Snell a hater, you know. Hopefully they got they look at this um, not with their heart fully, if that makes sense. But you know it was a good series. Um, yeah, ten three win in the first game, and then July fourth. This is you know, I was talking about this with my mom the other day. Um, on when was that? What's today? Is today Wednesday. Yeah, today's Wednesday. I was talking about this with my mom on Tuesday, July 4th. That game yesterday, if the Padres miss the postseason or they get they make the postseason and they get bounced in the first round, we're going to be looking back at that July 4th game and be like, hmm, probably the highlight of the Padres season. Right? I mean, Jake Cronenworth having the home run back-to-back. Bogarts and Crony, you're facing Shohei Otani. You got the hometown kid on the mound. July 4th, packed ballpark, and you get you score five runs off of Shohei. Knock him out of the game. Sure, he he was dealing with the blister, but you still did. You know, the results are the results. Still dropped five runs on him. Crony with the double in the fourth, scores, scores a couple runs. Um, of course, Renfro, former Padre, has to hit a home run, uh, but made it 2-1. Bogarts with the home run. Two-run home run, made it 4-1. Crony goes back-to-back with Bogey, makes it 5-1. Manny brings in uh, Hassan Kim, 
makes it 6-1 in the seventh with a single. Bogey, an opposite field single, so he was doing it all. I think he doubled in the game, homered, single opposite field. Uh, Soto even bringing in a run on a ground out. 8-1 game there. Angels, yeah, they added on runs in the ninth because uh, Jose Castillo sucked. But, you know, this was – I know it just happened, so I, I'll probably have to rack my brain back at some of the other games in this series – or not this series, this season. But this feels like the win of the year. Like, just – man, it just made me think, this is what the Padres should have been this entire season. Not every game, obviously. It's baseball. But this is the team that we were hoping to see. This team right here. Having the big guys come through. Having someone like Jay Cronin, who just signed the big extension, come through huge like that. You know? Having Manny come through. Having Xander Bogarts continue to have that impact that he had at the beginning of the season, right? All the home runs that he hit. Just, he was amazing, right? It was like, oh, great signing. And then obviously it hasn't been great since then. But it's like, okay, yeah, you get the great start from Joe Musgrove, you know, a day to remember for him. You look at his final line. Do I have it here? Seven innings, not five, not six. He goes seven, gives up just one run, strikes out 11, walks only one guy on 100 pitches. It's like everything came together there. There were some negative moments, I know, Jose Castillo, but like the main guys, the guys that we knew, Going into the year, yeah, they're on the roster. They're going to play a big, at least we expected them to play a big part uh, on this team. And it was like, all right, there we go. Now, can this happen more consistently, please? Because if it does, it's like no one's stopping this team. It's just a matter of if they can do it consistently. But, yeah, it was a heck of a win. Watching it on television, it looked like a postseason game or it looked like an opening day game, you know, those day games at Petco where – you know, it's packed, obviously. Everyone took the day off. Um, I know it was a holiday, obviously, but I'm just, you know, comparing it to opening day. It's like, yeah, that's what it looked like. And so it was great to see Petco pack like that. It was great to see Padres fans excited. It was great to see guys like Jake Cronenworth just letting it out, letting all of the, the pent-up frustration, letting it all out when he was rounding first base there after he hit that home run going back-to-back with Xander. It was great. And that dawn on the call. Oh, what what a game that was. And so hopefully they can build on this and make the postseason and we're not just sitting here like, well, that was a great moment, wasn't that? You know, hopefully that's not what it was. And this is just a highlight of the regular season and we can go on and have some much better highlights in the postseason, right? All right, I'm going to get to the chat, but yeah, it, it was a great, it was a great series. You know, obviously a sweep, it's a great series, you know? I go back to like being that realist and I was all positive, obviously post game reaction yesterday. If you saw that I was no negativity because there was a time and a place. And I was like, tonight I can be negative. I'm not going to be negative on July 4th after they had that great win uh, against Shoei Otani, you know, not going to do it, but tonight I can be more of a realist and, you know, be like, well, this team it's great series, but there's still five games under 500. Quick break here. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. Even with 
the win yesterday on July 4th. Again, like I said earlier, that was the ninth straight game that the Padres bullpen had allowed three runs in a game. So it is scuffling right now. And we got three more games left till the all-star break. This Padres bullpen cannot wait to get to that all-star break. Uh, Man, it is scuffling. Josh Hader, I know he's going to be at the all-star game. I hope he doesn't pitch. Like, why? Just don't pitch, please. I get it, it's Josh Hader, but don't need to pitch. Uh, There's some other guys, too. It's like, you know, with Nando, I know he got snubbed, but it's like, good, good, get that rest. Juan Soto, good, you're not doing the home run derby. Get some rest because they put themselves in this hole. You're going to need to be playing every day the rest of the year, essentially. We're going to need Josh Hader down the stretch. Um, I know that was totally different from the bullpen point there, all-star game and all that, but that pops into my head. Um, but yeah, this, this bullpen, whew. and I know some of it, it's to, it's because there were a guy because of the injuries, right? Steven Wilson, Robert Suarez, there's injuries. So obviously Drew Pomerantz, but I don't even want to count him because were we really expecting Drew Pomerantz to have an impact on this Padres team this year? No, not if you were a, a realistic Padres fan. Um, but yeah, the injuries like that, that have it's elevated guys like Brent Honeywell, um, had Jose Castillo pitching that game yesterday and had him on the roster, right? Having guys like Matt Waldron on the roster, right? Like Tom Cosgrove has been really good and he might be on the roster if those guys were healthy, probably should be, right? He's been really good. But Tim Hill, it feels like he's been pitching a lot. Nick Martinez has probably been overworked. Like that is a factor. The, the, the injuries have contributed to why this Padres bullpen has struggled the way it has. And it it's one of the weaknesses on this team right now. Now, is it enough of a weakness for AJ to go get multiple bullpen arms? I don't know about that. We'll see. I, I think Steven Wilson, Robert Suarez, they're supposed to be back after the All-Star break at some point. Wilson would probably come back before Suarez, but they should be back. Hopefully, the, we can get you know a few weeks seeing those guys in the bullpen, seeing how that looks. Maybe the rest of the All-Star break will do Nick Martinez well, Tim Hill well, uh, Morhone, you know, treat them well, and the bullpen will be in a much better spot. Maybe AJ only goes and gets like one other reliever instead of feeling it like that is like the huge need. Um, so there's time for that. Uh, but yeah, no doubt this bullpen is scuffling right now. Um, is there anything else? Well, the injuries, obviously, like the trout injury like that was obviously a factor in this series uh by the way soto that did not look good yesterday the swing in i think the fifth inning whatever inning that was uh but bob melvin and juan soto they said it was okay it was kind of like just a stinger and he has high pain tolerance kind of like manny does and i'm sure a lot of players on this team do i mean they're professional athletes so they they do um so it seems like everything's good there. He played today, so all good on the Soto front there. But that obviously did have me worry in the moment seeing that because that were, I mean, that looked like the Trout thing. I know Soto's was a swing and miss, and Trout was a foul ball. But immediately after those swings, both guys were like, "Yeah, they they felt it." And I was like, "Please don't, please don't be a Trout injury here." Juan Soto's been one of the best hitters on this team. Like, come on, don't do this. The day's going great. Don't have a Soto injury. So good news, no Soto injury. Um, 
But unfortunately for the Angels, Rendon went down, found a ball off of his knee, I think it was, or his shin yesterday. And then uh, Trout exiting in game one of the series on that foul ball. I love watching Trout play. Uh, it just sucks seeing that injury. It sucks for Angels fans, too. I know this isn't an Angels show, but you got to feel for him. I mean, you have Mike Trout and Shoei Otani, and you're probably not going to make the postseason at all with them on the team together. I mean, that's just that has to be heartbreaking. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing for the Angels organization to not have success with them. I mean, come on. Uh, just as a baseball fan, that makes you pissed off. You know, I'm not even rooting for the Angels. You know, I just want to see that show in the postseason. Um, on Saturday, before I get to the chat, I will get to the chat. Uh, if you want to make sure I get to your comment, your question, use that super chat button. I appreciate that. Nelson Cruz was designated for assignment. Michael Walker on the IL. Uh, as I said in my pregame thoughts before yesterday's game, you know, talking about the Cruz thing and the Walker thing. Cruz, I was surprised by the timing of it, like right by, right before the All-Star break. He had been doing better at the plate, but the fact that he, he got DFA'd and he's probably going to end up being released, not surprised by that. The guy's making a million dollars. He's now 43 years old, started the year with uh, at age 42, and they just need more flexibility on this team. They brought up Matthew Batten, and he can pinch run. He can play multiple defensive positions. They're not going to DH him, I wouldn't imagine, but he could if they had to do it. You know, like Nelson Cruz, when he's that old and all he's doing is pinch hitting or DHing, you're limiting your value there. You're it's like wasting a roster spot. It's not like this guy was Shoei Otani leading the league in home runs with the at the DH spot. So, you know, cheap contract, limited versatility, like no versatility essentially. It makes sense to have someone else come in and take that spot. Like they just need more versatility. The DH spot, they have Runeto Door on the roster. They can do that with him. They have Matt Carpenter, obviously, can do that with him. They have someone like Xander Bogarts or Manny Machado these past couple of days that have took that DH spot to have a half day off because they have been playing every day, because they have to play every day because of where the Padres are in the standings and the hole that they have dug for themselves. So you can rotate that if you need to. Like, there's a lot of different ways you can fill the DH position other than having 43-year-old Nelson Cruz be the DH uh, every couple days or every few days, you know? So totally understandable why he was DFA'd. And then Michael Walker goes on the IL. Uh, is this concerning? Yeah, I'm a little concerned because he's on the IL. But I do realize that the Padres, they are trying to take advantage of the all-star break time put him on the IL. How many starts is he going to miss? One, maybe two, probably one. And he could return, I think, the second series out of the All-Star break, I think, against Toronto. So they're just trying to be precautionary with him. They can have, because I believe Waka's start would come on Sunday. They might go Musgrove, but I think it's Darvish Snell, and then they're going to go maybe bullpen day. It could be Matt Waldron. We'll see or they'll go Musgrove. It, it, they could go bullpen day. Like It's not needed to have Waka pitch that day. You have, what, three, four days off after, I think it's four, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, before the Friday Philly series starts after the All-Star break. You have those days off. So you can use everyone on that Sunday if you need to. So it makes sense for Waka to go on the IL. He had the shoulder fatigue, obviously, missed a start 
And so they're just being precautionary is what it seems like. Just give them the extended time off. They might end up giving Musgrove the extended time off because I think he's had back-to-back outings now with 100 pitches. So he might not go on Sunday, even though it would be regular rest. Just give these guys the time off because you're going to need them. You're going to need them the second half of the year because there's no time to mess around, again, with the hole that the Padres have dug for themselves. So if you can squeeze out a victory with the bullpen day before you have four days off, you might want to do it. Um, so, yeah, that was the Waka and the crew stuff. Anything else to get to in this series? What was your guys' main takeaway from this series? Again, I, I I point to the encouraging things from the offense. I point to the great starting pitching. I mean, look at Snell, right? No runs allowed. Musgrove, one run allowed. Tremendous in the first two games of this series. And then you look at Lugo today, one earned run allowed. I'll take that. Facing the Angels, three-game series, two earned runs allowed total. I'll sign up for that any day. All right. And then the other takeaway, Otani 0 for 10. But people think I'm stupid for calling him overrated, even though I'm joking. That's Twitter for you, I guess. Um, All right. I'm going to go to the comments here after this. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pick'up games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, Or, if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right. I see Devin in the comments here. Do you think it had some impact on the team sweeping the Angels? Talking about the Nelson Cruz release. Uh, Not really. Not really. I mean, maybe because it allowed Manny and Xander to DH and Xander had success DHing. Manny had a good series, I thought. Pretty good series. But no, I mean, it was the same. Really, this series offensively, like what I got from this series was that the big guys 
that need to produce, they ended up producing in this series. So that's what I took it at. I, I didn't think it was Nelson Cruz being gone. Um, and anyone that loves Nelson Cruz because of the clubhouse presence and all that, like, okay, he was a, he, he had months to be the clubhouse presence. When you're five games under 500 or six or seven, whatever they were at the time of the release, six games, the clubhouse present does it just does not mean as much. Um, and there's other clubhouse presences. Is is that a thing? Is that a phrase? There's multiple clubhouse presences. Uh, that feels weird to say. There's multiple good leaders in that clubhouse. You know, they don't need Nelson Cruz anymore. They had him for months. Um, you know, I don't hate Nelson Cruz. There's no uh, there's no reason to hate him. It was a one million dollar contract, but there's just better ways to use that roster spot. That's that's how I feel on that. Um, thank God Bob didn't choke the F around with the bullpen again. I think he was meaning joke, joking around with the bullpen, going someone not hater there in the ninth inning tonight. Yeah, and again, I, we do have to, you know, I do get on Josh for not pitch being, you know, not being very willing to pitch three days in a row. That's been documented publicly. Not being very willing to pitch three days in a row, but he did it tonight. So props to him, props to Ruben Niebla for convincing him. I wonder what that conversation was like. Uh, but again, I think it just shows like the urgency that's around this organization. You know, they can say all they want. Oh, it's another game, whatever, but no, it's not. And that, to be a fair, to be fair, like the star players, I don't really even see them or hear them saying that in the post game media scrums. Like it's just another game. I don't see them saying that. I, I see them saying, no, we got to go one and zero today. We got to win today. Got to do it. Um, so they're being accountable. But so, you know, they know my point is like they know the urgency is there. And what other move other than hater going back to back to back days? shows and proves that yeah this team they know that they they need to win games and there is a definitely a heightened sense of urgency uh nancy thank you so much for the super chat see it, it separates it into a different category makes it really easy for me to find so if you want to support the channel and make sure i get to your thoughts here on this wednesday evening just do what Nancy did there and use that super chat button. I appreciate it. Nancy says, I love your passion, Ben. I think someone in management is listening to you. Hater needed to pitch tonight, and you have been saying this DFA and Cruz lit a fire in the clubhouse. Thank you, Nancy, for the comment. I, In terms of the management part, no, I don't think they're listening to me. They, they shouldn't be listening to me. They shouldn't be listening to any fan. Um, they should be focused on the ball club and, you know, be zoned in on that and just do their job. Um, but I appreciate the kind words. Um, hater, yeah, I, I think, you know, when your team is under 500 like this and you're getting paid as much as you are, I know that you're a free agent at the end of the year, but come on, you can't pitch three days in a row. I get it. The Brewers used it against you in arbitration when you pitched in different roles and you weren't only closing, but you're a free agent at the end of the year. I think you should, you know, have this as an outlier, throw this year out and be like, no, I'll make this an exception because what are they're going to use it in free agency against me? They're going to do that. I mean, 
I'll stop that from happening. I'll have my agent stop that from happening because I can just bring up the situation and say, no, you're not going to hold this against me because I'm an all-star closer and look where my team was. I did it back to back to back days because I wanted to help the team win. And that's what I'll do with you if I'm in your uniform. Like it's very easy, I think, for Hater to do that in free agency. Him and his agent, uh, after this season, they can do that and pitch that to teams if teams have an issue with it or if they try to, you know, devalue him. Uh, I think this increases his value because it shows the willingness to be there for the team, even when he probably doesn't feel the best, probably didn't feel the best today, pitching on back-to-back-to-back days. But, yeah, I mean, where the team is at, he's got to pitch three days in a row. I'm not saying Friday, Saturday, Sunday now after the off day, he has to pitch all three days. But if the situation calls for it, I'm not saying you force it, but if the situation calls for it and, you know, maybe the pitch count was low on Saturday and the, the situation calls for it there on Sunday, I'd like him to pitch. I'd like him to pitch. You know, you're on the Padres right now. Worry about free agency later. Where I'm not, I'm not saying pitch five days in a row. I'm not telling him to ruin his arm, but I don't think three days in a row, one inning, three days in a row, I don't think that's asking too much for a professional reliever. I know I'm, I haven't been in that spot. So that's a bad take because, well, you know, if he wants to say, well, you've never been in that spot, that's fair. But I'm just a fan that wants this team to win. And I'm sure I'm speaking for a lot of fans out there that want to see Hader pitch three days in a row more consistently because he can do it. And this team needs him because the bullpen is struggling. It would be one thing if Suarez and Wilson were healthy and they could go close down games. Or Luis Garcia was pitching like 2022 Luis Garcia. Or Nick Martinez was pitching like 2022 Nick Martinez. Or pitching like how he was pitching earlier in the year. But that's just not happening right now. So sometimes when you're the guy, you're the all-star, you got to step up. Um, And Nancy's saying DFA and Cruz lit a fire in the clubhouse. I don't know about that. What that pissed him it, it pissed him off. Hey, AJ, you DFA'd Cruz. Let's show you. I don't know about that. I think they're just playing better baseball. They're fighting. Uh Dustin has a super super thanks. I don't see any chat or any comment on here. So if you do have a comment, Dustin, just put it in the chat and I can get to it. Um, let me scroll back up here to where I was in the chat before, before I went to Nancy's comment. Holly says, we needed this. Glad they're all in good vibes right now. We need to keep Snellzilla. He just fits in and cracks me up. Um, yeah, yeah. Snell's a great personality, but do they need to keep Blake in 2024? I don't know if they need to keep Blake. If, if Blake is asking for the moon, they need to keep Blake. I don't know. I don't know about that. When they could go get another starting pitcher for cheaper for a longer contract, or they could go trade for an arm. Um, I don't, I don't think they need to keep snow. I mean, I, the way he's pitching, of course, I'd love to have snow. I just don't see it happening. I think in free agency, another team will be much more willing to overpay for Blake Snow than this front office will. 
maybe, but Peter, Peter might step in there and be like, we need snow on this team. And then he might come back. I'm not going to be like pissed off if Blake comes back. Don't get me wrong. I, I also, I just have seen some of the inconsistencies over the years and I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be, I don't think we should expect him. And this isn't on Blake. This is just, it's baseball. We shouldn't expect him to pitch like this if he comes back for, you know, five or six years or however long the contract is. Shouldn't do that. And they already have the extension with Darvish, the contract there, the contract with Musgrove, the big contract with the position players. They're going to bring, they're going to bring in or bring back snow and give him a huge contract. I don't know about that because look at free agency right now. We know Shohei, but that's in a totally different category, right? He's going to get paid. But the other starting pitchers, I look at Stroman. I look at Snell. Who after that? I haven't looked at the list, but those are the two, the only two that like really stand out to me as free agent starting pitchers. Uh, Julio Arias, I guess, but I don't even think he's having that great of a year. So like Stroman and Snell, they're pitching really well going, at least for now, going into their free agency. So usually when that happens, those guys get paid a lot of money. I don't know if the Padres are going to want to do that. Brandon asked, did you guys just see the narrative on ESPN on baseball tonight? It's saying injured angels downplaying how good we did. We swept them. I'm, to be honest, Brandon, you might not like this, but I'm downplaying it a little bit as well because I do realize like, yeah, they, they beat the angels without Mike Trout in two of the games. Shohei doesn't seem like he's fully healthy. Didn't seem like he was fully healthy on the mound. I'm still going to bask in the glory of, you know, them beating him. Like, that's great. Uh, but no Rendon, no Brandon Jury, no Drew Rochella, no Trout. Like, they've had injuries. This is not the Angels team that it was earlier in the year. So I think we should downplay it a little bit. We shouldn't say this is the best series ever. This is the turning point. I'm not ready to say that yet. There's still five games under 500. I think we got to relax on that. Um, but, but we still do need to give the Padres credit for this. Like starting pitching was great offense for the most part, really good, solid star players performing. Um, like I'm going to give the Padres credit, but I will still downplay it at the same time. If that makes sense. I think that's fair. I think it's fair to do. Noble asked, do you think Otani and the angels are getting swept or do you think Otani and the angels getting swept will make him not want to come play for us? Even if we throw a ton of money at him. Um, I I don't think that, yeah, I, I don't think that this series had has anything to do with what show is going to do in free agency. It's one series in a regular season. Again, Trout got hurt. Okay. He had the blister when he was pitching. Um, I think this could be encouraging for Shohei. like be like, well, you can play it in front of this crowd. If you come to the Padres, You'll be playing in front of this crowd every night. Do you want to do that? Or do you want to go somewhere else? And maybe not. Now, wherever he goes, it's going to be a draw. Like, he's going to go to a contender in free agency. Will it be the Padres? Don't know. It could be the Dodgers. It could be the Giants. Or just, I'm just throwing teams out there. It could be another team like that. But those t- whoever gets Otani, he's a draw. Even if the team stinks, he's still a draw. So he's still going to get pack stands. So I don't know if that really stands out to him. Uh, Does being teammates with Darvish stand out to him? I know 
Japanese players, they don't want to steal each other's thunder. I, at least I think that's why most Japanese players don't share the clubhouse with one another. They go elsewhere, like Yoshida's with the Red Sox, Darvish with the Padres, Otani with the Angels, um, say Suzuki with the Cubs. Darvish helped convince, I think, Suzuki to play for the Cubs. So I don't know if Otani wants to stay away from the Padres, uh, but I would be surprised if the Padres sit there and don't try to make an effort at him. Even with the high payroll and the debt that they might be in, they're going to make a run at him. Um, I personally don't see them getting him right now, uh, but, you know, things could change. Who, who the heck knows what's going to happen in the offseason? Did I answer your question? Do you think Otani and the Angels getting swept will make him make him not want to come? So, I, I think this would only help the Padres. Like, the Padres sweeping Otani, why would that make him not want to come here? Like the Padres showed that they're that they can sweep the Angels. Like, doesn't he want to be on a good team? I'm not. I don't want to sit here and say that the Padres are a good team right now. Like, they're playing better, but they're still not a good team. Look at the freaking record, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't really get that. I don't. I don't think that he's gonna not want to come because they swept his team. I don't think this matters really at all. Maybe what matters is what he saw was the home environment at Petco. But, yeah, no, I, I don't think he's going to look back at the series and be like, yeah, they swept us, so, yeah, not signing there. I don't see that. Uh, Dustin says, Preller, hang on, chat, chat just moved, my bad. Preller comes into my restaurant and employee chats with him a lot couple takeaway from his last combo. AJ wants Urias next year in free agency. He also said Shoei was a Padre for six hours before the Angels. So you own a restaurant and Preller comes into your restaurant a lot. And he wants Julio Urias next year in free agency. I'm sure a lot of teams do, so I don't think that makes him special or unique. Uh, and Shoei was a Padre for six hours. Okay, I mean... If if people want to believe that, D Dustin said this combo happened during the Red Series. He said Shohei verbally agreed to AJ's offer, and the Angels offered more money. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. Hey, if that's if that's what happened, and AJ told you that, or you over, uh, or, oh, an an employee overheard him or chatted with him about that. All right, um, but. The Padres, they didn't have a DH, and Otani and the Padres didn't know that they were going to have a DH. So I think Otani, he didn't want to go play the outfield for the Padres. He wanted to DH, hit, and pitch. And so the Padres were left at a disadvantage because they didn't have the DH. The Angels had the DH. And maybe, this has been thrown out there in the past, maybe... Shohei wanted to go to the Angels because Trout was there and he wanted to show how much better he was than Trout. I'm not saying Trout sucks. Obviously, I'm not. He's great. He's Before Otani came, he was the best player I've seen. Uh, I love Trout. But um, he has shown that, yeah, he's better. He's done that. Now he probably wants to go to a consistent contender. Are the Padres that? Well, I wouldn't say we're a consistent contender. Look at our record now. 2022 feels like an outlier right now. 
under AJ. 2021, collapse. 2023, most embarrassing season in franchise history, or disappointing season. Uh, the biggest flop in franchise history so far. It's It was a good series, but still, so far, not great. Um, so, yeah, Padres, they have not proven themselves to be a consistent contender. There's talent. There's talent here. So maybe that's what Shohei, that, that'll have him come be with the Padres. I know Preller, he memorized like five minutes of Japanese. He recited that to Otani. So I'm sure Otani liked that and respected that. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'd be surprised if Otani at least, I'd be surprised. I'll say this. If Otani doesn't meet with the Padres this offseason, I would be surprised by that. Because he met with them last time, and he does probably see the talent on this team. And hopefully he respects the work that Preller put in last time around. I don't think all GMs went in there and talked for five minutes in Japanese to Otani at those meetings that he had with, I think, the Yankees, Dodgers, probably, Padres. I know the Rangers were in there. I think the Giants were in there. Angels. I think the Mariners may have been in there. I saw that, I think it was from Ken Rosenthal this week. Um, or maybe it was Dennis Lynn. I forget who it was. But um, I don't think all those went in there memorizing Japanese. I think they probably had interpreters or they had uh, Japanese former players from the organization go do that. So maybe Otani will respect that. And hopefully he'll give the Padres some real thought. The money's going to be there regardless of what team he goes to. So don't think that that's going to um, make the Padres stand out. The money's not going to make them stand out. They're going to have to convince him to come. I don't know what, I mean, we think we know what Shohei wants, but he hasn't said that publicly what he wants, right? I mean, other than being on a winner, but he'll have options for that then. Oh, Dustin says he's the chef there at the restaurant. Okay. I mean, that's interesting. Said that Shohei was a Padre for six hours before L.A. offered more money. I forget. Do we know what the Padres offered Shohei in free agency? Padres offer Otani. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look. I don't see at the time of the money being thrown out there. Was there like a maximum amount of money Shohei could get coming over? Because he was technically a rookie. I don't know. I think every team would have thrown all the money at him. Enrique says, Padres don't need Otani. As you say, he's overrated. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a joke. This guy's amazing. I'd love to have him on the Padres. Dustin, do you work at Denny's? <laughs> I know in the past, right? Isn't that Preller's? Doesn't Preller like going to Denny's? And no, 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 Noble. Nope. 
Not a Chargers fan. Definitely not. Yeah, once they left, no. It was FU. Yep. I'm with the Vikings now. Kevin O'Connell threw out the first pitch, right, on Monday. Went to San Diego State. I have family in Minnesota, that's why. All right, so next series coming up. Don't know if I'll do a show on Friday, Friday morning maybe. We'll see. Uh, but off day on Thursday. And then the Padres three-game series against the New York Mets. Checking out how the Mets are doing here real quick. So they're 40-46. and 46. They won against the D-backs tonight. They play tomorrow in Arizona. So they don't have an off day. So Padres, they have an advantage. They have an off day tomorrow. Reset the bullpen. Get a day of rest. And then they get three games before the All-Star break. And then they have a lengthy road trip to start post-All-Star break in Philly. A scheduled doubleheader during that Philadelphia series. It's weird. All right, before I get out of here, just quickly wanted to touch on San Diego State. Because there's some recent news there from the San Diego Union Tribune. Mark Ziegler wrote about this the other day. And San Diego State according to the Mountain West, I guess, still owes a $17 million exit fee. Like the Mountain West, as of now, they think that San Diego State is gone from the conference. Like they think that San Diego State needs to give them $17 million, or technically 11 because the $6 million that the conference would give to San Diego State, uh, usually, the payout, they're just putting that towards the $17 million. But... San Diego State's like, we never left. We said we were intending to leave. We never left. We stayed in the conference. We don't owe you a $17 million exit fee. So it's interesting what's going on there. Um, but yeah, this came out on Monday. San Diego State left the conference and owes an exit fee. That's what the Mountain West is saying to San Diego State. It's weird. It's weird. It's a $6.6 million distribution share that would be coming San Diego State's way, but Mountain West is just withholding it. And President Adela De La Torre, she's obviously not on the Mountain West board anymore. The Mountain West took her off of it because they interpreted the letter that she sent intending that they were going to leave. They interpreted that as, okay, San Diego State, they've left the conference, even though that's not what it was. Now, San Diego State probably shouldn't have wrote the letter, but it's a weird back and forth here. My takeaway from this is, why is the Mountain West doing this? San Diego State is their marquee program in this conference. Why are they trying to piss off San Diego State? Wouldn't they be happy about this? Shouldn't they be throwing a party that San Diego State's going to be there for at least another year? 23-24 and now 24-25? Because they're not, let's say Pac-12 gives them an offer, they're not going to go spend double the 17 mil, they can't do it. So San Diego State, or the Mountain West, should be very happy that San Diego State is in the conference. Why are they doing this? If San Diego State's going to leave anyway, then they'll still get the exit fee money at some point. Like, I don't get why they're trying to force this on San Diego State right now. Uh, there's a meeting, July 17th, which I believe will be between other Mountain West presidents and it will kind of determine where everything is right now. Uh, it's it's just kind of up in the air. Like Mountain West thinks one thing. 
San Diego State thinks another, and I guess it would be determined maybe during that meeting. Uh, lawyers are actively involved, according to this article. Um, yeah, Gloria Navarez, in the July 1st letter from the Mountain West, we will discuss the status of San Diego State's membership in the conference at the July 17th meeting, uh, the board of directors meeting. So feels like we're just going to be waiting until then to see where San Diego State stands in this. I feel like the, the best thing to happen here is like the common sense. Okay, the Mountain West can be pissed off that San Diego State doesn't want to be there because they said that they intended to leave. But be happy that they're here. Don't, you know, request for the $17 million right now. And just, you know, be, again, be happy that they're there. And you'll get the money at some point because San Diego State, at least I feel like, they're going to leave for the Pac-12 when the Pac-12 gets their media deal done and the Pac-12 invites them. It's not a guarantee that San Diego State gets the offer, but it feels like it's going that way. Like It just feels like common sense for the Pac-12 to offer San Diego State. San Diego State accept it, go to the conference, let's say 25-26. They have to wait another year, whatever. And then the Mountain West, they still will get the $17 million exit fee. And they can be happy. They get San Diego State for another year as well. So just be happy about it. It's I'm not super surprised just because you know money's involved and Mountain West wants to win, I guess. But it feels like you would get the money anyway. So just be happy San Diego State's in the conference. Weird stuff. Um, quick reminder here, San Diego Wave, they play this weekend on Saturday at home. We'll see if they can get a win against the Washington Spirit, Ashley Hatch, and the Washington Spirit. That game, I believe, is at 7 p.m. San Diego Wave FC, their website. That is where you can get tickets. Tickets still available, obviously. Uh, no Alex Morgan, no Naomi Gurma, Kaylin Sheridan, Sophia Jakobsen, Emily Van Egmond. Uh, no Trinity Rodman, Ashley Sanchez for Washington. So there's not as much superstar talent there, but there's still talent. Ashley Hatch didn't make the World Cup roster, maybe snubbed, but she's going to be there, obviously, Taylor Korniak. Like, there's still talent on the field. So that'll be a fun night. Hopefully, the San Diego Wave, they can get back into the winner's column. They are in uh, sixth. They are just hanging on to that final playoff spot right now in the table. All right. Any more comments in the chat here? Noble, thank you so much for the super chat, man. Appreciate it. Uh, love the Padres content, even being from Tennessee. Oh, nice. AK88 says, going to the Mets game on Friday, how much does the beer cost? I don't know, because I don't drink beer. Uh, but I think it's like 20 bucks probably. That would be the safe guess. It's Petco Park. They got to pay for Manny's contract somehow. They got to pay for Shohei's contract somehow. Huh? Um. All right. I think that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 423. Thank you all for the time. I really do appreciate it. And I'll talk to you all the next time. I really do appreciate the support. Have a great night. See ya.